Hey, everybody. This week, we are talking about green weddings. And also, Dan has found the male equivalent of yoga pants. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the second season of Put a Ring on It podcast, a collaboration between me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography, and me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DPNAC Weddings. Put a Ring on It is a podcast for anyone who is knee deep in the wedding planning process. We're here to share practical tips, amusing behind the scenes stories, and insider knowledge to shed light on the world of weddings and give you every ounce of confidence that you deserve. Let's do it. Hey everyone, welcome to the second season of the Put a Ring on a Podcast, episode 19. Hi Danielle, how you doing? Good Dan, how are you? I am great. I've got like a million things to talk about. One, I just finished my last wedding for the year uh, this past weekend, so I have like lots of good things to look forward to, Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas, so I'm just like getting in the spirit now. How about you? Same thing. We finished up um, two weeks ago, and it's just been nice switching gears. I'm working on website stuff and doing all kinds of good things to get ready to stuff my stomach with Thanksgiving food. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Thanksgiving Day food. Um, oh, speaking of Thanksgiving and Christmas, Philadelphia has the... Uh, they have like a, an official Christmas station and every year that you like, you don't know when they're going to start. Like they, they do a vote and they don't release the vote of when it's actually going to start. And just like at some point, just at so, like one song is, you know, worldly music. And then the next song is, you know, just a Christmas music. And, um, it like changed over midway last week. So that means that like, I don't know, Rachel and I love that station and we have it on like nonstop. So we're just like, it's constantly on in the car and it's just, I don't know. I just love this time of year and like getting into, yeah. you know, Christmassy things and putting up lights and family and all that good stuff. So that just makes me extra happy. <laughs> so we are, we are just a few days before Thanksgiving right now for those of us listening in the future. But Dan, I'm curious, have you put up your Christmas tree yet? Uh, no, uh, but that was one of the things Rachel and I talked about doing this Sunday. Um, we'll put it up after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's my, my mom growing up had this like hard and fast rule that she didn't want to give, like she didn't want the turkey to lose his like special day. So we were never allowed to decorate for Christmas until (laughs) after Thanksgiving. But I like, as I like, you know, obviously now we have our own house and, and all of that. I really like, I'm itching to get the tree up because. Oh yeah. From the first time I walked through the house, it was like, where's the Christmas tree going to (laughs) go? And I feel like I have the perfect spot and I just can't wait to see what it looks like. But I'm I'm definitely itching. If I had more time this past weekend, it probably would have went up. But. Yeah. It will go up after Thanksgiving, so yeah. It's okay. Changed changed around our uh, the layout of our living room, and this Ooh. year it will be a much better, much more open feel, and there will be a better space for the Christmas tree. So I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm equally as excited to get the tree up this year. The only thing is, is unfortunately Rachel is allergic to real trees. Yeah. So and maybe that actually kind of goes along with like our our episode topic today about green weddings. But like you know, should we cut down trees or not? But we have to have mm-hmm. a. a uh, um, a fake tree and uh, that kind of takes a little bit of the sparkle out of it for me because we always had real trees growing up but oh well yeah I we do a fake tree I um, I don't know I think that just 
I, I don't know. <laughs> I think because I had a fake tree growing up, it, I never had that like, oh, but it needs to be a real tree. And I think when I was younger, we had real trees. And all I remember is them making a mess and having to water them. And I kill all plants that we have. Yeah. We just bought air plants and I'm pretty much killing them too. And you only have to, like they sit in water for a half an hour once a week and that's it. That's all you have to do. And I can't even do that. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure our Christmas tree would be really sad because of me. So well, I, fake I just, tree I, it is. I love the uh, the whole process. It was, it was like a whole entire day event going sure. to get the Christmas tree when we were younger and we would, you know, walk out there and we'd take somebody's hat and we'd put the hat on top of the tree and then we'd go back and get a saw and then we'd walk back out and, um, you know, we'd cut it down and then my dad and I, I, even though I was like five and couldn't lift like five pounds, I would like I would drag the Christmas tree, even though it was more my dad dragging the Christmas tree. Uh, we would drag it all the way back and get it in the baler. And I love watching the machine like wrap it up and get hot chocolate and just, you know, the whole the whole process. I remember one time there was hot dogs, which I thought was a strange thing because I feel like it should be like hot chocolate cookies. That's it. Don't don't sell hot dogs at the Christmas tree farm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, so that's interesting you say that. Um, oh, is it really interesting? That yeah, I know. I, I always that. say that that's interesting you say it. But it, it is to me because I've been on this kick lately. We have, um, there's a little guy in our house who's who just oh. turned five. And it's it's one of those things where I'm noticing it's not necessarily about what it is you're doing. It's sort of about the like mood and the excitement of what's happening mm -hmm. around it. Um, yeah. This past weekend, we were up visiting family up in Scranton, up in Northeast PA, and it snowed. We had like four inches of snow yesterday uh. that, that came down, and it was this most wonderful like snowball snow, and... <clears throat> We all sort of got together and threw like we weren't we didn't pack for snow by any means. It was 70 degrees here when we, we left Saturday. <laughs> and it's yeah. not like we live any place like tropical <laughs> for crying out loud. But um, yeah, we, we didn't really pack anything. And we literally just made we just figured it out from what was at my parents house. We just put together clothes and bundled everybody up. And we went outside and we made like snowmen and we came back inside and made hot chocolate. And it wasn't planned and it didn't like cost all this money to do. It was just like this this thing and and everybody everybody like young and old had an absolute blast and i think it's just about the holidays that's a big part of it is it's it's not like buying the biggest christmas presents and and doing yeah. all this stuff it's just sort of about those like little memories like you have of cut like going and cutting down the tree and putting the hat on the tree and all those just little things that just stick with us as we as we go through life that that's cool yeah. Well, maybe you can go to like Home Depot and pick out a new fake Christmas tree, but like do the whole process, like drag it through the. <laughs> that actually be really funny. Like walk around and like, ooh, I love this one. I love this one. It's got the lights built in. We don't have to do as much. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I feel like the the summer equivalent of like snow time. Uh, or like like snowballs and you know being outside and hot chocolate is totally like camping like building the fire it doesn't cost a lot to do anything it can be kind of spontaneous that's just that's really where I was coming from just that it doesn't cost a lot to do anything and it's like no, yeah, yeah. it's about the experience of it you know what mm -hmm. I mean yeah I'm with you on the fire not so much the full-on camping but I'm with you on the fire <laughs> I like building okay. a fire but yeah it's just that like good times good feeling things just hanging out spending time together Good stuff. Mm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. oh, speaking of speaking of mm -hmm. good stuff, no, 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 I'm totally buttoned in here. I have found the male equivalent of yoga pants. So I was in Target the other day 
yesterday, actually. And um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I just I'm excited to hear about this. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I like I wanted a pair of pants for lit like going to the gym and, you know, it's getting a little colder out. So I was thinking, OK, I just need uh, a pair of long pants. And I found these pants, which you told me that they're called joggers and they mm-hmm. have like um, like an elastic waistband and then they have they're like tapered. Uh, so they're kind of like sweatpants, but they're like a little cooler looking. And then they have like a like an elastic part that goes around your ankle. And so I wore them to the gym this morning. And I exercised in them, came back, and I'm not super sweaty, so like I can still wear them. And that was the, that was that was the thing in my mind. I came back and I was like, I can totally still wear these today. And then I said, Oh my gosh, they are the male equivalent of yoga pants. I can go exercise in them and then be comfortable in them right afterwards. It's amazing. <laughs> Tis the season for stretchy pants too, if I must yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. That's the that's the extent of my story about male yoga pants. But yes. I'm just really excited about them. They're really comfortable. I'm wearing them now still. I'm not going to get out of them today. I should probably change my shirt though. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, too much yeah. information. Sorry, everybody. No, that's no, that's good. I, and for for the record, this is not an ad for Target's jogger pants, guys. This is <laughs> Dan is legitimately excited about his find. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're pretty fashionable too. Rachel doesn't think so, but you know, whatever. I, I think um, for the longest time, I wasn't a fan of them either, um, and then I think I just got over it because I got a pair and they were super comfortable. And now most of my pants are jogger pants because, well, they're comfortable. That's <laughs> what it is. Totes my goats. Totes my goats. So, Dan, um, this episode today, we're actually talking about green weddings, and one of the things that prompted. Um, prompted mm-hmm. us talking about this. I had watched a documentary, which I think some of our listeners may have seen as well. It's called Before the Flood. It's a documentary with um, with my homeboy, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> um, I saw it on iTunes. I don't know if it's any place else. That's where I saw it was was um, being talked about on iTunes. And it was, it was cool. It was talking about global warming and things that are happening in the world all around us that we may or may not be aware of. And I tend to, I don't have cable. I don't really listen to much as far as news stations go. So I don't get a lot of information uh, thrown at me that I don't want th- <laughs> thrown at me. So <laughs> if I'm not like out seeking certain bits of information, I guess is what I mean. Like I, it's not necessarily being pushed down my throat too much. And yeah. global warming is something that I'm very aware of is happening around me. But I don't really have um, – I don't really – hear much about it other than what I actually go to find. So listening to this documentary and watching it was very cool. Yeah, so that really informed how we were going to talk about today's uh, episode. And it it really comes down to like, you don't have to have like a full-blown green wedding. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, wearing a burlap sack or something like that. Like you, you can pick a few of these little um, tips and tricks and and just apply them to your wedding. Because we were kind of thinking about this as, you know, if we present, um, you know, one thing from every area of your wedding, that if we all just do a little bit of our part, that it can help, you know, to alleviate some of the waste that can come from weddings. Mm-hmm. And just, just to clarify, when we say green wedding, we're not talking about the color in any way, shape, or form. We're talking <laughs> about, uh, you know, a natural or uh, earth-friendly, nature-friendly um, wedding. So just yeah. to sort of clarify that. By definition, I believe a green wedding uh, or an eco-friendly wedding is any wedding where the couple tries to decrease the impact of their event on the planet. Couples plan their weddings by integrating eco-friendly alternatives, such as like eco-friendly invitations or flowers or dresses, photography, so on and so forth. So we're going to, we don't want to make this podcast 
ever one that feels very monotone and like you're just having information, you know, stuffed down your throats either. <laughs> we want to make it conversational and we want you to enjoy listening. So Dan and I are going to do our best to to talk through some different ideas. And, and again, like Dan said, it's not about having to do everything um, that we're talking about. It's just about doing little things that would make an impact to you as a couple. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... I can think we kind of talked about it already, but like, you know, why should you have a green wedding? I think obviously the first thing is to reduce some of the footprint, some of the waste that we have. Um, what else, Danielle? What other reasons? Yeah, well, I, I guess just to elaborate on what we're saying that you don't have to do everything. One of um, the reasons I think so many of us turn a, you know, quote unquote, blind eye to what's happening around us is we think like, I'm just one person. And what difference is that really going to make? And it's it's just not the case every little bit helps and every little bit makes a little uh every little bit makes a difference so totally so that's really what we're going to try to do today is we're going to pick apart basically like each each area of your wedding that maybe you're spending money in and try to figure out ways that we can be a little more green a little more eco-friendly um none of these are perfect solutions um and we're not claiming to be eco experts which maybe we should revisit this um and get like an eco friendly wedding expert on so if you are mm -hmm. listening and you are an eco friendly wedding expert give us a call we'd love to actually do another episode where you come on and give us some some you know other great things but in any in any case um you know you may be trading uh an evil for a lesser evil um but a green wedding is about reducing your impact and trying to eliminate and be as green uh, as possible so mm -hmm. without further ado let's jump right in so i think one of the biggest areas that you can start is with your guest list. Anytime we talk about budget stuff, it's the same thing. It comes down to your guest list. By nature, the more people you have on your guest list and the more you're inviting and that it's coming to your wedding, the more of everything else that you need. So if there's a way that you can um, keep a more minimal <laughs> guest list, that's going to help long-term. It's less invitations, it's less less food waste, less, less everything yep. uh, of what we're gonna talk about more in this episode. But that's, um, that's your biggest starting point. Yeah, and next thing would be, you know, moving out from there to to source your your people locally. I mean, your your mm -hmm. wedding pros locally. So, um, if you're hiring vendors, you know, that means less travel if they're coming from far away. Um, that means, you know, less travel for food uh, if, you know, you're you're sourcing food from, you know, close by. So there are plenty of venues actually in this area that actually do a lot of um, I'm trying to think there's a, a venue up in Fogelsville that does like they have like all their own cattle. They have all their own uh, their own gardens, their own greenhouses. And basically everything that they serve is all grown right there, which is a really cool place. Yeah, um, that's something I talk about with my clients as they're going through the process of hiring a caterer. If the venue doesn't provide it, you can ask a caterer, where does your food come from? It's a, it's mm -hmm. a very fair question. Some uh, caterers are a little bit more farm to table, others source it out, whatever it is. But it's if it's an important thing to you, and it could be and maybe should be, that's a great question to ask is, hey, where, where is this food coming from? Because if it's coming from a local farm, imagine imagine the impact you're having then on that farm's yeah. income and that family. And so, you know, the whole thing spreads out from there. So it's, it's, it's really cool to, um, to sort of plan that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, just with flushing out this idea of locally, um, yeah. one of the things is, is 
keeping it just simple with one venue um try to have your ceremony reception all in one space uh rather than you know two different locations again less travel that kind of thing um if you opt for one venue um it also doesn't as require as much decor you're not getting mm-hmm. double of things to go to the church or to the ceremony location and then another set to go to the reception and blah blah blah, blah and it's just can build and build and build and build um so yeah. if we're trying to simplify you know keep it simple yeah, and if, if you're, as you're going on your venue search, you have all these different options that are out there. I mean, depending on where you live in Pennsylvania, we have anything from getting married in a barn to a tent to a country club to a hotel ballroom. So when yeah. you're looking for a space, try and find a space that doesn't have, that that falls in line with the look you want so that you don't have to bring in too much added decor and everything else. A, that helps with the budget, and B, that helps with sort of, keeping everything in line and not having too much waste Mm -hmm. and again if you do one venue um people don't have to travel in between so speaking of people traveling in between um encourage guests to carpool like if they're all going to meet up at the uh you know the the hotel beforehand or something um you know have them all drive to try to drive together or if you again you know have one big piece of mass transportation that takes everybody from point a to point b you have one bus versus you know 50 cars Mm -hmm. that helps too with parking it helps with with so many different things when just logistically when planning your wedding so (laughs) hopefully some of these these things that we're, we're providing to you guys have uh more than one benefit um to the planning process for you um one I think one big area that you'll you'll find on just about any article that talks about how to make your wedding more green is is probably your paper products. Things like your invitations, um, you know, your your place cards, menus, programs, things like that when we say paper products. Um Dan, I'm curious on your thoughts on this. What do you what is your opinion on electronic invitations? Like if you received a wedding invitation that was via email or some digital form, what's your thought on it? Um I feel like for the younger generation, heck yeah. I mean, how many, how often do, well, I think you can still class it up a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. Facebook invites might be totally fine for some people, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that whether it's a a simple email invite or through one of like the, the online invite services, that could be really cool. And maybe if you just do like a small subset of, of paper invitations that Mm -hmm. are, you know, 25 or whatever for, you know, some of the some of the older uh, people less coming to your wedding. Yeah, less tech friendly. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sure you know who those people are in your family, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's a great way to reduce it. You know, think about how much, how much paper is involved in a single wedding invitation. A lot. Like there's a, mm-hmm. there's a ton of paper involved in that. Um, you know, so it might be nice to have some of the more traditional pieces of paper for like, again, like I said, the, the less tech friendly crowd, but you know, put together, uh, have a designer put together like a sweet little, um, maybe multi-page PDF, you know, and mm-hmm. send that out to people rather than, you know, just send it an email, um, and have them respond that way. It could be really simple mm-hmm. and fun. A little different. Hey. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely of that camp. I know there's it's like a controversial topic that it's you know you don't want to set this tone for your wedding, but I don't know. We just live in a world where everything is so digital. It it just makes sense to me that um, that this is where it's going. Even like a thank you, 
I, I have to say, I always enjoy receiving thank yous, particularly <laughs> from your wife, because she's amazing at it. But yeah. I, um, I love receiving thank yous. But I can't say is I, I love receiving a handwritten thank you any more than a personalized thank you email. Like if someone just, you know, wrote me a, a, an email to say thank you, I can't say is I like prefer one over the other by any stretch. I just appreciate that someone took a time, took the time to sort of write out their thoughts personally and, and specific to me. So wait, know, wait, 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 wait. Do you uh, you really don't see a difference between like an email thank you and like a written hand note yeah. thank you? Really? I, I, I appreciate both. I'm not saying that like whatever sending me a handwritten whatever is, is not as cool. I just what I'm saying is like if you take the time to personally write me something, I, I appreciate that across the board. I don't look at it as like, well, you could have sent me a handwritten note versus an email. <laughs> like I just I don't I don't think like that because I at the same time like. I don't know. Everybody lives these lives that are that are busy and hectic and and moving and and going forward. And if you can take out a little bit of your day to write something to me or to whomever, then uh, it's appreciated. I don't care how it's done. Cool. Okay. I think. Okay. I think I feel that way. No, that's how I feel. D- damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now we got to put the explicit material. No, now we got to put the explicit. That's all right. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, so hopping back in, uh, if you are yeah, going to so do. Paper. If you are going to do paper mm-hmm. invitations and and save the dates and that kind of stuff, there are some really cool papers that you can purchase from uh, any, any of the big uh, companies that you were to buy from. Well, the papers actually can be planted um, mm-hmm. and it will grow into different plants. It can grow. You can have I think you can have everything from vegetables to um, uh, flowers to, you know, I don't know, other plants. <laughs> <laughs> other miscellaneous plants. See, this is where I would go wrong. <laughs> so I would plant the paper and nothing would grow. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp, womp. But I would plant the paper and, there, you know, there's there's biodegradable and there's, you know, recycled paper and there there's, there's all different options. Or you just, you know, do what Dan said and you only do paper for those that um, would prefer and appreciate the paper route. And for everybody else and... Send evites. Um, I, speaking on paper too, um, there are couples out there who opt to do paper plates for their wedding. You know, paper and and plastic forks and do things like that, and that works well too. But um, you're creating a lot of garbage when you do that. So there's there's options where you can rent um uh, dishware that you use more than once, like actual like real life dishes, <laughs> real life dishes as opposed to those pretend dishes we use um that are you know they're they're not the use once and throw away type and there's also bamboo i've seen a lot of bamboo this year bamboo plates and bamboo uh cutlery if you will that is um usually compostable which is cool while um while i was doing uh research for this episode and and trying to gather my thoughts as i I'm a planner. I like to prepare myself for things. And there was definitely certain things that as I was going through this and I was, you know, trying to think of solutions and um, alternatives, I, as we said, there's there's things that we're saying that are, we realize, you know, making things out of bamboo is still cutting down plants. And then what are we doing there? And what is that impact like? And we said in the yeah. beginning, it's about sort of trading an evil for maybe a lesser evil and just sort of reducing. So there's, you know, there might be things we talk about today that we, we recognize that, you know, sending, um, uh, you know, sending recycled paper, that obviously is still not a perfect solution to avoiding, yeah. you know, to <laughs> avoiding your impact. But, um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just about those little pieces here and there 
that are hopefully reducing. But if we are wrong on something, uh, feel free to correct us or send us an email and, <laughs> and we'll sort of we'll correct that on an upcoming episode if we say something that is just really off base because like Dan said we're not experts we've we've seen a lot and um, like I said I've done a lot of research but you know by no means are we perfect in this department so That's I just sure. learned how to recycle which is an awful awful thing I've never lived any place that had it as an option and now where I live we have to do it and it's great because it's yeah. forcing me to do it and I dig it so I think we could actually even take it further. Like our recycling is just like very simple and there's still a lot of stuff that you would think is recyclable. Like I know it's recyclable in other townships or other areas, but like our township just maybe isn't set up to do it. Um, so I think we're like, we're definitely making steps. There's totally way more progress that could be made, but you know, it, it, it's a slow moving thing and hopefully, you know, it'll pick up more and more steam as, uh, you know, as uh, time goes on. But right. You know, something to consider. So anyway, let's hop into yeah. um, uh, favors, I think, is another big one um, or yeah. it's just maybe an easier one to cut down on. So yeah. you can totally rather than buying some trinket or or something, just make a donation, make a donation to the Environmental Protection Fund or Defense Fund. <laughs> environmental oh. Defense Fund. Boom. Uh, <laughs> make a, a donation to them or or rather than buying some little trinket thing, maybe um some really delicious uh, treat that is locally sourced, that's edible, that doesn't really have any packaging or anything. Mm -hmm. um, Support your local you business. Know, yeah, support your local businesses. Something that's just, uh, again, just think about this idea of like reducing impact rather than buying something online. Maybe go, maybe go to the, you know, chocolate, uh, chocolate, chocolatier that's close by mm -hmm. and you know place a larger order with through him um, and support that local business and ask or ask him, you know, what what they would think is a great idea to do as a favor for, you know, X amount of guests that you have coming to your wedding. Mm -hmm. And by nature, a favor, like when you get, get a favor or um, give a favor, it's to say thank you and it's to sort of give them a little, a little take home, a little like nugget to take home with them. And, you know, there's all different things you can do. But like Dan said, if you don't necessarily have to do a trinket that's just going to sit on a shelf, especially if it's like coming from Amazon. Although I love Amazon. That's not a dig on Amazon. <laughs> I love Amazon so, too. Yeah. Um, so what I would like to talk about, Daniel, is clothes. And I would like to talk about dresses and things. So the fashion industry is a very highly controversial industry. And I know that because I watch Project Runway. <laughs> um <laughs> So, you know, materials and how things are made, there's all different walks of, of life and and there's all sort of different beliefs as far as what you wear and, and how much you pay for what you wear. And a wedding dress, I think, is often a larger price tag purchase that comes um, in a woman's life. And when it comes to deciding what you're going to wear, there are a bajillion different options out there. Um, and I guess what some people may not know is there's very eco-friendly options out there as well. You don't necessarily have to go the traditional route. Um, anything from purchasing a used gown. Um, while I'm not a person, I get weirded out by wearing other people's clothes for some <laughs> reason. Uh, the, think about a wedding gown. I mean, someone's ultimately wearing it once, probably taking very good care of it, and then it's, it's not really being touched past that. So you can... Um, often find a really great deal. You're going to save money. And again, you're sort of reducing your, your footprint on that. And there's also eco-friendly um, 
gown designers who use sustainable materials and really have a lot of um, great practices in place. Um, just to think of a few like Celia Grace, um, the Cotton Bride, who's in New York City. There's um, a woman, I think her name is Amy Kushel. She's from San Francisco. Deborah Lindquist from out in Los Angeles. I will actually put links to these in the show notes. So if you want to check out these designers, and I'm sure there's, there's a lot more too. Um, but they have some really great options and things that don't make it look like you don't have to wear a burlap sack down the aisle in order <laughs> to have this like eco-friendly dress. Um, and same goes for guys, too. There's there's options out there. You don't necessarily need to buy a new tux or a suit. There's ways you can rent. Um, there's ways you can wear something you already own. It's it's really up to you what you want to do. Speaking of attire, I think the next thing would be uh, or the next thing to talk about would definitely be jewelry. Um, and other than wooden wedding rings, say that five times fast, wooden wedding rings. Whew. Can you say it five times fast? No. Wooden wedding wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, I feel like I was listening to you say it and I was like, I don't know why you're saying it so slowly. Never mind. It's very good wooden wedding rings. Everybody at what? home, all together now. Wooden Wedding rings. Wooding wedding rings. Can you say Irish wristwatch? Irish, no. <laughs> I, I can barely say the word aminals. Aminals. If I think about saying aminals, aminals, I can't. <laughs> I can only say it if I don't think about it. That is the most frustrating thing when we were uh, all together the other week um, hanging out. And uh, was that last time that we hung out that you, uh-huh. uh, I, I found this out about you? That is the most frustrating thing that I know about you animals Thanks. just animals animals all right, so moving on now um, but if you're at home uh, try to say wood wedding rings five times fast and then after that if you can get that one try saying Irish like you know like Ireland Irish Irish wristwatch just try to say that that's yeah. um, fun Irish wristwatch it's not too bad yeah. anyway um, back to wooden wedding rings um, so what others what are some other eco-friendly uh, jewelry options for our listeners out there, Danielle. Yeah, so I know um, there's a website out there called Brilliant Earth. They're a little bit of a more commercialized um, jewelry option, jewelry ring provider option, whatever it is. Um, they really are, are based on this this foundation of um, doing what's best for the earth and getting wedding rings and engagement rings and so on from there. Um, Etsy has a lot of really great options um and you could do you could you could not do a ring at all you can get a tattoo you could just not do anything you don't have to do rings one thing that i've been uh fairly obsessed with for a a greater portion of my adult life is a rock called moissanite and i don't know if i'm saying that right um but it's it's this rare um it's a rare stone so it looks very much like a diamond i am not a diamond expert by any means but as far as i'm concerned they look incredibly similar um it's but it's a lot more eco-friendly than a diamond would be it was originally found from a crater like a moon crater um in like the late 1800s by this guy but now it's created in a lab so they're able to create more of it without harming our our earth or moon (laughs) for that matter it's way less expensive than diamonds um and it rates like a 9.25 on the Mohs scale which is uh, i don't know too much about a Mohs scale i know a diamond is a 10 but 9.25 means it's hard enough and suitable for everyday wear so you can wear it and it's it's not going to be like a cheap cubic zirconia or you know anything like that that Mm. sort of wears down um it's a 
it's a really great product. Um, and if you're sort of looking at different options, that is a great way to go, especially if you're a person that maybe doesn't feel comfortable wearing something crazy expensive on their finger. Um, yeah. That's a really great way to go. Um, so moving on from jewelry, um, lighting. I think that's a that's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah. So to, pretty much, you know, two very simple options. Uh, and outside of, you know, using a ton of electricity um, would be solar-powered uh, candles, solar-powered mm -hmm. or candles. Um, yeah. And actually, I don't know if you guys have ever seen these, but um, this is maybe more for camping, not really so much for a wedding. Unless you were to buy a couple of them and, like, hang them inside your tent uh, if you're having an outdoor wedding. What's that? Uh, the, the <laughs> I know M, what you're going to say. Have you ever seen the inflatable M-powered candles? Uh, lanterns have you ever seen them uh i've seen inflatable lanterns what do you mean m powered what does that mean a m power is a um is that is the brand the of them you're saying yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay yeah uh, i've seen a you... bunch of different kinds of inflatables but yeah oh it's so cool you just let them in the sun for like 12 hours and it will it supplies like a, a an insane amount of light for a really long time um mm -hmm. and i have one and it was it was fairly cheap um but they have a ton of different ones and uh I mean, I use it for camping a bunch and uh, they're just, I don't know, they're really great. Yeah. And this is like, we recognize that if you're going into a traditional venue space, you're not going to be able to ask them like, hey, can you uh, can you charge your lighting with solar instead of whatever? Like there's, there's only <laughs> so much you could do there. But this is more if you're having a tent wedding or maybe something in your backyard or at a park or whatever it is. Um, you could also just do it during the day maybe where you don't need lights depending on where you live and what time of year it is um that's also an option you could save a lot of electricity there and money yeah you definitely could walk into a venue depends on what kind uh i mean you definitely couldn't walk into a barn and ask to do candles most barns have a pretty strict uh candle no flame policy nope. yeah no yeah no flame policy um but there are some venues who uh you know may be more open to doing you know a a a port maybe a candlelit dinner so maybe just for like that hour you're doing you know a bunch of uh candles I, I, rather than but, you know a whole entire what, what what do you think well yeah um so i don't i have a lot of clients that'll say i just want everything to have this like candlelit glow and feel very romantic and you what i say every time yeah, is you need to have a lot of candles, but also you have to talk with your photographer. So maybe you can shed some light on this because you, by nature, need a certain amount of light in order to get semi-great pictures. Is that safe to yes. say? Um, so I, I, I shot a wedding at the bookstore in Bethlehem. And I don't know if you've ever been there. Uh, it's a speakeasy. It's underground. Um, black walls, black ceiling, only candle lit. Uh, cool. And it was, like, it was like the pit of darkness. And... I think now, let me put it this way. I can always add more light. You can always pop a flash. You can always whatever. You might not have the exact same look, but there are ways around it. No risk. You're saying no from a photographer's standpoint, not necessarily yeah, yeah, what the yeah. couple needs to provide. Okay. Yeah, from a photographer's standpoint. Um, I mean, it's going to be beautiful to have your wedding reception like that. Like, I'm trying to think of uh, one couple... I actually didn't photograph their wedding, but it's actually this, this, these two photographers. Um, they had their wedding. I think it might have been at the Four Seasons or something. Uh, but they had, the, I'm pretty sure their entire ceremony and dinner at least was all candlelit. And they had a bunch of candelabras and, um, you know, tons and tons of uh, candles. And it was beautiful. Everything was really warm and glowy. And, you know, I'm sure I, I know the photographer who shot it. And uh, it was 
challenging, but you know, no risk, no reward. It was absolutely beautiful from a photographic perspective. Um, you know, I, I know that they had to, you know, do some things in order to, uh, make it look as natural as possible rather than just like blowing everything out with a flash. But I, I don't think that it's un undoable or impossible to, to photograph a, <laughs> I uh, like undoable, <laughs> undoable. I think it, how about this? I think it is doable and not impossible uh, to also photograph. Also known as a, possible. <laughs> I think it is Sorry. doable and possible. <laughs> words, words. I think it is doable and possible uh, to photograph a entirely candlelit room as long as there's a lot of candles. That's the dream. Right. Yeah. Like there can't be three little votives on a table. Yeah. Oh, also pro tip. So there are... A lot of candle options out there, folks. And when you are looking for a candle for your wedding, whatever it may be, make sure the burn time is crazy long. Like you need at least an eight to 10 hour burn time on a candle. Four hour tea lights do not burn for four hours. They burn for maybe two. Um, If you're lucky, four hour burn time means like if you lit it and then blew it out and lit it and then blew it out, it could technically burn for four hours. So do not get tea lights. They will not burn long enough for your wedding. (laughs) Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. So speaking on, yeah. So speaking on centerpieces and decor, uh, there are certain things about your wedding that you are going to be able to donate after after the wedding is over, simply because you will not have a a purpose for them once that day is sort of come and gone. One of the biggest things being your flowers, mm-hmm. like those beautiful floral centerpieces that you're going to spend all this amazing amount of money on. Um, if you're if you're going that route, can be repurposed and have a greater have a be given have a greater good. Sorry, I'm in Harry Potter world <laughs> right now. Um, th- you can do more with them. Is basically what I'm saying. I've had couples donate to senior citizens, um, or like like nursing homes. I've had people donate them to hospitals, uh, uh, like the the baby area, the pe- people that are suffering from cancer or terminal illnesses or whatever it is. Sending those flowers um, can do a lot of good for a lot of other people. Um, make sure before you make arrangements to do that, that A, you have someone who can do that and B, you own everything about the centerpiece to donate it. Um, sometimes your florist is going to rent certain aspects of your centerpiece to you, so you're not going to be able to donate the whole thing. But for the most part, you should be able to send over like the the main flower bunch of it um and talking a little bit more on flowers you can also repurpose flowers throughout your day so um whether your ceremony and reception are in the same place or not uh if you have certain flowers that are being used to decorate your maybe your altar space or down the aisle those things can be used maybe at the reception space can they be put on a place card table or on on your cocktail hour high top tables or on the bar even just little areas that they can add a little bit more love um is helps make them have a little bit longer life Oh, I've also seen um, people use, so if they have like a rehearsal dinner the night before and they're doing decor for that, I've also seen a lot of people take those flowers, they have it fall in line with the same thing as the wedding, so they're able to repurpose them. Most florists will tell you the second day of those flowers, they're not going to be as pretty, so maybe you don't want to use them as a main focus, but you can use them other places. Um, I've also seen people use their bouquet. So like if you have a a crew of bridesmaids um, or anybody carrying a bouquet of flowers, you can put those onto a table in a beautiful vase and suddenly you have a nice bouquet of 
flowers sitting there. Um, whereas otherwise that bouquet is just going to sit on a bridesmaid's chair or on a table and get lost throughout the night. So, <laughs> so Don't. yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think, uh, you can actually even skip flowers altogether. I mean, so we, we, we didn't skip flowers. Like Rachel had a bouquet and, um, but we did, uh, the beauty and the beast rose, underneath like a glass dome uh and it was you know basically like the the beauty and the beast rose um so that was really i think we had like 18 tables so it was like one uh or two dozen bouquets or something like that how many tables did we have danielle do you remember <laughs> do you see my eyebrow go up i feel <laughs> I like did. you had 22 but i could very well be making that number up 18 sounds better though now that i say that out loud yeah uh, this is two two and a half years ago <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> very true but yeah so we only had we had a very small amount of flowers then and we were able to um forgo you know a a, a good chunk of money um and you know at these giant centerpieces by just doing you know a single rose underneath this glass dome in the uh table um but then uh outside of flowers uh you can also do you know brooch bouquets which i thought was really cool um yeah. you can do paper flowers uh you know you can do fake flowers maybe i don't know if that's taboo or not but um there are definitely uh artistic ways of getting around flowers do you know why uh brides carry bouquets I do not. Okay, so my knowledge of this, the watch this be totally wrong and now. I feel like a doofus. And lightness. Okay. Yeah. So back <laughs> in the day, we didn't shower very often, right? Like back in the back in the day, like I don't know when. Back in the day, we didn't shower every day, so we sort of had a little bit more of a scent to us as human beings. So when a bride and a groom or would, you know, get married, the bride would carry a bouquet of flowers to sort of mask any undesirable scent she may have at a given point, especially because Perfect. so this, you know, she's probably wearing uh, a dress that doesn't necessarily breathe as well, wool, things like that. If she's it's in the summer, which June was always like a popular thing, then, you know, you've got a really hot sun, which means more sweat. So that's where, that's why, that's where flowers came from. At least that's what I was told. So interesting. You're hmm. welcome. Is that interesting, okay. Dan? <laughs> that is interesting. Um, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say before you said that? Oh, oh. Um, oh, sorry. If you are going to go for flowers, uh, you know, again, consider where uh, where they're purchased from and where they're where they're grown. Um, you can use organic uh, or fair trade flowers. Um, if some flowers are grown locally on their own farm, uh, you know, there's. Again, you can ask your florist specifically where they get theirs, where they source them from. You know, that's not something that you would have to worry about, uh, you know, offending somebody if you ask, you know, where they got their flowers from. Right. And it's it's just an, it's an honest question and it's all about how you ask it as well. So. Totally. Um, although, on the other hand, there I work with a florist who um, gets all of their flowers from Europe. I got a bouquet once from them and they're like, by the way, those flowers were in France like we're growing in Paris, France yesterday morning. And I was like, well, that's really cool, but it's probably not eco-friendly. I think that them was really cool. So fast. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. Um, I know they go out to like the New York city flower market oh, district yeah, yeah, area yeah, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. everything. Um, so that's always, uh, you know, just fast moving by nature, but uh, going back to the idea of donating uh, food, food is another um, big part of your wedding that you're, you're by nature, you're going to have leftovers. Um, hopefully as, as long as your caterer makes enough food, if you're feeding a lot of people, they really need to make more food than they think is necessary. So there's, yeah. there's going to be leftovers involved, maybe not of everything, but you can either take that home and maybe have a little 
you know, get together at your house the next day, use that. But there's also food banks or shelters that will very much appreciate certain certain foods as long as it doesn't need to necessarily be refrigerized. I know there's certain rules um, and you could always call your local whatever to get the, the down and dirty on what can and can't be donated. But um, mm-hmm. it just depends. Yeah, I mean, between food banks and churches and all that kind of stuff. Like, I know our church has a... Um, uh, oh, churches. Yeah, that's a good point. I think. Yeah, they we can actually get uh, these little tinfoil containers. And as long as you, like, put the food in there, you mark what's in it on top, you can actually just drive right to the church, drop it off in their... Um, food bank, to, you know, depending on what the hours are, uh, and they'll they'll deal with distributing it. So it's like it's a pretty easy thing as long as you have a, a plan in place and you know exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, don't wait until after the wedding and then say, "Oh, where are we going to drop this off?" Know where you're going to drop it off. Know if you can, um, you know, give them Ziploc containers or whatever, or just some way to store that, transport it directly to a food bank, church, shelter, wherever, so that way you can drop it off and then they can use it right after the wedding to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. That's if, too, your caterer or venue allows you to do that. Not all will give you that food. Just keep that in mind. Um, but, That's again, great question to ask. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, um, sometimes they do their own personal things with it, too. Uh, sometimes true. they use it to feed their staff. So it's it's not always a bad if they don't. Um, right, but right. It's, it's just not always possible. Um, again, it's about doing what you can and, and going from there. So speaking of after the wedding... Um, yeah. And you're you're totally gonna have more insight on this than I am. But after your wedding, the dress. Yeah. So the dress, like we talked about, it's a big, it's a bigger piece of of this puzzle. It's a bigger thing. And are you? Um, what are, What are your plans going forward? What are you realistically going to do with this dress? Um, I think many of us have heard our parents and our. I have heard my mom talk about her wedding dress, and I. I don't think I would ever wear my mom's wedding dress and you know, fashions change and things change so on and so forth. So there's a lot of great things you can do as far as donating. Um, Again, I'm going to put these links on the show notes page. So if you're curious on any of them, we're going to put more information up there, but wish upon a wedding um, is one of the bigger ones, especially in the Philadelphia area. I think for donating your dress, wish upon a wedding. Um, There's also brides across America. Brides across America has donated, I think over like 12,000 wedding dresses and it's specifically for those in the military. Um, So it's giving them a little bit of a more budget friendly option. I one actually just heard about last month. One of my awesome brides did this. She's um, it's the angel gown program. What they Mm -hmm. do is they turn, um, donated wedding dresses into um, these really beautiful uh, burial burial grounds for infants who passed away during their hospital stay. So mm. they they take these dresses that are donated and they give them for free. Um, they turn them into these lovely gowns so that these babies can have something beautiful that they are buried in, which is so sad. But um, they're all, all of the gowns are, they're handmade by volunteer seamstresses and, and the program they accept gowns from all across the nation. So no matter where you are, you can donate to that, which I think is a really lovely cause and it does a lot of good. So Yeah. If you're out there and you're you're planning a eco friendly wedding and there's some things that you did not hear us talk about that are glaringly obvious or even just some mm-hmm. some really simple fun ways that you're thinking like oh yeah i can i can help reduce my footprint this way send us a note uh, or share a, your wedding story with us um and just give us a call at 267-521-2686 and share the story of how you're you're trying to be more eco-friendly and how you're how you're being more environmentally conscious and what that looks like uh to you yeah 
All right, everybody, we are wrapping up this episode. Don't forget to check out PutAringOnItPodcast.com for show notes, um, goody information. There's also fun facts on there about me and Dan. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen that. But uh, good stuff on there. Um, like us on Facebook to uh, keep in touch, ask questions, get updates on season two. Um, we hope that everybody has a really, really great Thanksgiving. Really, really great. Really, really incredibly really, awesome. Really um, and just enjoy time with friends and family. And we're looking forward to seeing you on the other side. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.